Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. So I hope you all had an absolutely amazing week. Um, I had a I had a good week actually. I can't lie to you guys about that. I had a very intense week as usual now thanks to this course but I feel like I'm getting the hang of things guys. I feel like I'm like slowly adapting and I'm getting the hang of it basically. I've now realised that postgrad is not a joke. It is not a joke at all. The The difference between undergrad and postgrad is insane. And I always actually thought that postgrad would be more relaxed and more chill, even more than undergrad. But no, guys, like, no, it's the total opposite. I don't know why I thought that. I thought maybe because it's only like, well, the typical master's like a year, aren't they? Mine's two years. But I thought that because it's, you know, typical master's are a year and, you know, they're very much like self-study and more independent and, you know, you've got to kind of do things yourself. It's not very guided. I thought it'd be very relaxed um and that's obviously me talking about typical masters but like I knew my course would be like intense but I feel like I'm getting the hang of it now and I actually quite like it like today was the first time in a long long time I just went to university on my day off and uh, literally I just like had a solo day I don't even know like as I set out the house I don't know when was the last time I heard the sound of my voice until I got into the tram and like called my friend because um I literally had just spent the whole day to myself, literally just studying and stuff. And it was so nice. It was such a beautiful experience. I I just can't lie to you guys. I think if you're very comfortable with your own, um, well, with your own presence and if you're very comfortable in your own company, I really don't think you could go wrong you only really like try to like latch on to people and you always feel like you need someone there um you know oh my god how I'm gonna do this you know my friends are not here or I can't go shopping on my own I can't eat alone stuff like that it's because you're not very comfortable with the idea of yourself yet like if you're comfortable with your own company I think you'll be fine there's people that I I know and I think I used to be like this as well a long time ago where like you know oh no I can't walk alone as in like you know something small example like let's say like you know you feel like you need a friend to walk from like, I don't know school or from mosque I never walked it from school anyway because it was so far but you know you always felt like you needed someone even to just go halfway and then like obviously like at school you can't spend your breaks alone you can't spend your dinners alone and yeah like I feel like as you get older and as the adult starts to come out you know inside of you you just start to realize that your own company is actually the best type of company you could ever wish for um and I say that because like as you're an adult you realize that everyone has matured themselves like onto such different individual levels that you know yourself the best and so you're going to meet so many different people in your lifetime so many and if you were to be giving each and every single person that immense energy you know such high amount of energy so much commitment and stuff like that you're gonna literally exhaust yourself and when you do you realize oh I just want to be on my own so why weren't you on your own at the beginning I'm not saying this just you know for a disclaimer like saying don't make friends never make friends stay on your own I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is you know sometimes you really just have to spend some time with yourself because that's the best type of self-care in my opinion as well you know really check in with yourself tune into your thoughts just give yourself a break because I feel like socializing as well especially after covid oh my days after coronavirus and the whole lockdown the pandemic and then lockdown lockdown 2.0 I feel like after all of that we are all so spent and so exhausted 
in our ways of socializing i remember like the first week when i started postgrad and you know we had like the welcome week and stuff like that i literally i was just like no my, my battery's gone my social battery's at three percent connect charger right now because i couldn't i was just like oh i need to go home and i think the first day i was there like i literally came in at nine o'clock i think i literally got like on the tram at half 12 i wasn't even there for a full four hours and i was absolutely spent I was absolutely tired like I was just like oh my god like I didn't even do anything today it was introduction week we did nothing whatsoever no work and here I am feeling so exhausted to the point where even when I went home I just physically could not do anything for the rest of the day I was literally just um like just doing my prayers and stuff and then just sitting and chilling at the tv because I was so tired and I realized like if I've not done any work and I've not actually physically done any studying why am I so tired and I realized it's because of all of this energy that was having I was having to give off to other people and hey like hear me out don't don't think that's a wrong thing like I did make some very good friends and I've you know made some nice friends now as well and stuff like that but it was just like the whole process like just the whole concept of it I was like oh god like I'm so spent and now you know fast forward now I'm in like almost a month down the line and I feel really good like you know I know okay these are the type of people that I want to be with. This is how much energy I'm giving off. And I'm going to have a few days, one or two days, you know, throughout the week where I just spend time with myself. And I love it. But anyways, I'm going off track for today's episode um, after this little mental health awareness challenge that I just did. Um, I'm going a bit off track with today's episode and the topic for today. I put up a poll on Instagram, I think about two, three, maybe even four days ago. And I said basically about how I've been wanting to do this particular topic for as long as I can remember. Guys, when I tell you I must have had this topic in mind from the day I started the podcast and that was like May 2020, okay? So just imagine back then I've been wanting to talk about it and it's February 2022 today. So just imagine that, how long I've waited. And so I put it, uh, put it up on my uh, Instagram and I was like, guys, like I've been really wanting to do this. I don't know if some of you will be okay with it or not. And I put up a poll like asking people if they want me to do it or not. Literally for the first time ever, it was a 100% response. And I've never had that. And um, it was a 100% response. Actually, you know what? T- I take that back. I think at the beginning it was 100% response. And then like by the, like, you know, almost at the end of the 24 hours, I think like there were two or three people who were like, no, don't you dare. Um... But I mean, compared to the amount of people that said yes, it was overwhelming. Like it literally was like a difference of like 98 to 2% perhaps. Um, And that was quite a big response. So I was like, okay, guys, well, the people have spoken. We need to do this. So um, why did I decide to do it today or rather this time of this year? I think that this is a very big conversation that we need to be having in general. Um, And the reason I'm saying this is because right now, the times that we are living in, I'm not even going to lie to you. If you don't believe in the fact that the day of judgment is coming soon, I really don't know what kind of fantasy world you're living in. And I'm saying that as harsh as it sounds, because just take a look at the people around you, take a look at the world around you, the incidents that are happening, the scenarios that are happening, the situations, and you're trying to tell yourself that, hey, no, it's gonna be ages away. I'm not gonna live to see the day of judgment. That I personally don't really agree with. And the reason why I'm saying that is because so many things are happening right now in this world that we can't really turn a blind eye to. I remember reading about the concept of the Euphrates River, uh, Euphrates River, sorry. 
and how I always thought, you know, me because of my poor lack of geography, I always thought it was just a river in Syria. But in actual fact, it actually runs through countries. So I know that it runs um, in Syria and it runs in Turkey. I think there's another country as well, but forgive me because I can't remember which one. But anyways, it runs, it's a very, very long river and it runs through these rivers. So we all know that one of the final like signs of the day of judgment will be when the, uh, well, when the Euphrates River kind of dries up, right? And once it dries up, and you know there's literally no water left there we're gonna find a ton of gold in syria in the syria basically the euphrates river in syria right we're gonna find a ton of gold and the muslims have been told specifically not to go for the gold so we've been told this we've been told that the day of judgment you know you know whatever happens you know the final science and it's been told that the river's gonna dry up and we're gonna find some gold and i mean a ton i mean like a lot of gold for this day and age the money wise like a lot and the muslims have been told specifically you do not go for this gold and this is when it all triggers this is when the cascade begins and that's it the day of judgment is put into action and all of this chaos and you know this this disaster is going to happen and you know one thing leads to another one thing leads to another now bearing in mind i think it was in june 2021 i want to say i could be wrong with my timeline but i think it was around june 2021 um they found a ton of gold in the turkey side of the euphrates river so like i said it runs through different countries one of it being turkey they found i want to say as well it was around either three million or three point something billion pounds worth of gold in the turkey side so that side of the river is drying up as we all know the euphrates river is drying up right now and that side is you know uh, very dry and they found this gold now it kind of <laughs> kind of like triggered a lot of people and we were all very worried and panicked and everything as we should be because I mean I know I'm like I'm you know kind of giggling about that stuff for a lot but the truth is we should quite be you know we should be quite scared about that um but at the end of the day that's where they found a lot of this gold in the turkey side we were specifically told that it would be Syria so this isn't the gold that they're talking about however at the same time it's still a very big amount of gold it's kind of significant if you think about it and so everyone was worried like oh my god it's happening it's happening obviously you know we said like we said it's supposed to be in syria but the the one i'm trying to make the point i'm trying to make is the end like of time is so near it's literally a stone's throw away if you think about it you don't have to be a fool to see what's happening around you a lot of the signs are so apparent i think the smallest one um or rather like you know the most common one that we sometimes even turn a blind eye to is the concept of time uh the fact that time is basically gonna be going so fast that literally weeks will just be going you know literally be going so fast in the blink of an eye and honestly it only feels like yesterday that it was like the beginning of 2021 and I said this I think when I even recorded the first episode of January uh, for this year I said that it's insane at how fast this year has just gone at the same time I can close my eyes and recall a thousand memories of the same year yet I have no idea where those months were actually spent. I have no idea. I can't look back to it and say, oh my God, January, February. Like I remember when I was in school and this wasn't, you know, long ago, I like to say, even though I'm getting old. Um, But I remember being in like primary school and it just used to feel like the week would take forever to finish. I don't know if that's just me, but if you guys can relate, do let me know. But it just used to feel like it was taking forever. And now literally it's friday it's friday right you guys are listening to this on friday so it will be friday 
And then next thing you know, you're going to be here again on Friday. And the Friday after that, inshallah. And like, you know, you're going to be hearing this podcast every Friday. Like, do you deep that? Do you actually understand that? There's four Fridays in every month. So I personally just can't wrap my head around it. Just how fast time is going. Um, but regardless, the reason why I'm saying this is because I feel like the fact that the day of judgment is so near... Yet Islam, of course, albeit it was a very young religion, yet we can go back to the, you know, the times of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam and the times of the Salaf and we look at that aspect. There's a lot of years in between that, right? Just think of it for a second. We've had like decades, centuries even between that time. And yet some people have not changed. So when I'm talking about specifically, I have had, I have made an episode regarding racism, I think um what was it called now belittling things i think it was called and i also made one on interracial marriages um but what i specifically wanted to talk to you guys about today was the concept of caste and tribalism and like colorism basically and the reason why i'm saying this is because like i said i've always wanted to talk about it but i have seen so much like growing up as well not even just now just growing up of how caste has literally shattered people's lives it's literally influenced and decided their major life decisions and we all know what I'm talking about we're talking about marriage we're talking about their acceptance into a community we're talking about their acceptance into their their land back home we're talking about acceptance into the their ancestors the way that their elders would treat them we're talking about the way people treat other people based on their caste based on what tribe they come from so for those of you who don't know, um, and you know, if you're listening to this and you don't actually understand what caste, you know, the caste system is or what tribalism is, I can't really speak much about tribalism because like we're not from like a type of ethnicity that does tribes. Like I'm Pakistani, so you know, you could just imagine the caste system type of thing. I know that in India it is heavily, heavily predominant in many decisions. In Pakistan as well, for certain areas, it is heavily dominant. Tribalism, I'm not too sure about, but I know that is mostly for like, you know, African ethnicity and that equally as well I've heard a lot about that um but yeah so the caste system is basically this concept of whatever caste you're from um it all is in a hierarchy so like one caste will let's just call them um I don't even know what to call them let's just call them the sun caste right the sun caste is like at the top of the hierarchy then you've got the moon caste then you've got the plant caste right and I'm just giving specific names because I don't want to take the name of a certain caste and offend anybody because some people do take this very very seriously and in all honesty I will get to this point why I can't place them in hierarchy trust me I'll get to this point so in relation to that if you're from the moon caste you're going to be looked down on by the sun caste because the sun caste is like at the top right so when this comes to marriage, these people like, you know, obviously we know this in Islam as well. Your lineage comes from your father. Okay. So whatever your father was, you take on, you know, take you take that on. But the concept of caste, it, you could like, they basically like, you know, our culture has made it the same thing. So if your dad is of a son caste and, you know, you, you're more married into the son caste, you will then be born as a son caste, if that makes sense. Um, and say if your mum was the moon cast you're not taking on her you're not taking on her cast because obviously you take on your father's cast now say if it was the other way around say if your father was a moon cast and he married a woman from the sun cast you're going to be taking on obviously the cast of the, your dad which is the moon cast so this is a very big issue 
Because what we see a lot of is, first of all, a lot of Pakistanis and, you know, just genuinely like even Indians, and I know a lot of other countries do this as well, they make marriage way, way harder than it should be just based entirely on the caste system. This is why, actually, I personally think this as well, and I have seen this, this is why a lot of cousin marriages are heavily predominant in our societies, because they very much are about keep it in the family. Keep the girls in the family. Don't let them marry out. The boys don't need to marry out because there's plenty of girls in the family. Everyone's the same caste. Everyone has the same lineage. Land isn't going to get, you know, be a problem. Land doesn't need to go out of the family. Happy-go-lucky. Everyone's having a good day. Now, if you just sit down and even think about how problematic that is, oh my God, you don't even have to, you don't even have to sit here all day. Like the amount of problems that comes, you know, that come with that is, is insane. A short disclaimer here, I am not sitting here and saying that, you know, don't do cousin marriages. Cousin marriages are disgusting, they're haram, or, I'm I would never say that because we know that they're not. Um, you know, they're really bad, oh my god, who could get married to their cousin? I'm not saying that in any way, shape or form. The reason, the biggest reason why I do not say that is because um, the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam's daughter, Fatima radiallahu anhu, was married to, obviously, a cousin who was Ali, right? And so they got married and that, literally, that marriage was ordained by the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. One of his wives as well was actually a cousin of his um so we can't say oh my god you can't do it it's disgusting we can't exactly look down on it because it was ordained it was allowed but that does not mean that it was promoted and we know it wasn't promoted why because it's been told to us in islam that although that they are permissible they do cause problems now we don't have to be idiots we know that they cause problems why because of the biological genetic basis it leads to an increased risk of um you know diseases it leads to an increased risk of genetic disorders ask me because i literally did a whole freaking degree on this um it leads to a lot of problems okay uh fun fact for you guys the royal family of the uk um they were all related once upon a time and not just in that sense but not only were they interrelated in the uk but they were also related to the royal families of france or spain or germany you know stuff like that so because they were all so heavily related the uk royal family had a very big history of hemophilia and if you don't know what hemophilia is it's basically a disease that it prevents your blood like um well basically it prevents the platelets from being formed the platelets are you know when you get scabs on your hands or you know whatever your, your body those are formed from something called platelets and you know when you get a cut in your body I don't know why I'm bringing biology into this, but when you get a cut in your body, those platelets rush to the surface and they immediately start to form some kind of like cross lattice structure. So they basically are trying to prevent the blood from leaking out as much as possible. And eventually it hardens over time and that's what forms your scab. If you pick the scab too early, you start bleeding again, you get another scab. You know how it works. However, with haemophilia, you, you don't have the ability to be making those platelets. And if you can't make those platelets... The minute you cut your your skin, the minute you have a little like paper cut, even you're gonna be bleeding for a long time, and obviously that causes immense blood loss. And as as you know, if it, it might not sound that that deep right now, you know, oh my god, I'm gonna have a paper cut. Like, what's gonna happen eventually? I'm gonna have to stop bleeding. Yeah, that's true, but you're not thinking of it on a major level. A little child, for example, who does not understand this and the parents aren't quite familiar with this yet as well. If they have a cut and then they're panicking, their kid cannot stop the blood flow. It can be very dangerous because it's a smaller body. The more blood flow, sorry, the more 
blood loss you're going to be having, the more dangerous it is for that child. And it goes the same way as well for adults. Say, for example, if you're in a very traumatic injury or traumatic amputation, you know, you lose a lot of blood. Potentially, (laughs) the cause of your death may not even be the fact that you had that traumatic injury, but rather what that traumatic injury did to you. And that was a result of your haemophilia. The fact that you were losing so much more blood than the normal average person with that traumatic injury. And that's a result of your haemophilia. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because that's a big evident example of how the UK, you know, royal family was affected by this whole, you know, cousin consanguineous kind of marriages. But um, in relation to what we're saying is we have seen it quite frequently as when as well when family members show similar traits it could be mentally it could be physically and no one can explain it and then we've got the major issue of covering up disabilities in our communities so not only do they realize oh hang on my child could be disabled or is showing some sort of disability they don't even think that because they refuse to believe that once it hits them no my child actually is showing this disability and they have to sit down and think about it, they will refuse to believe that there is a genetic predisposition for this. There's a genetic cause, a genetic basis. They will refuse to believe that because they are such heavy believers of cousin marriages. I am not sitting here saying, don't get married to your cousin. I'm not saying that. Hey, if you want to do that, if that floats your boat, you go for it. I'm just saying that the one of the major reasons why cousin marriages even happen in the first place is to keep things in the family. Keep it in the family, get a girl married from here. Now, God forbid if the girl does not want to get married to her cousin or the boy doesn't want to get married to his cousin and the girl actually wants to marry out of the family or perhaps like to someone that she loves and he is of a different caste, all hell is breaking loose because they do not like getting their daughters married out because she, her children will no longer be of their caste. They will take the caste of their father. Now, if the father is of a lower caste, oh my God, here's a big problem. Now, same thing for a boy. It's not so bad for boys, I'll be honest with you. It's sad to say, but whoever they marry, at the end of the day, their children are going to take their lineage anyway. So it doesn't really matter who they marry. But again, like I said, they'd rather keep things in the family. Alhamdulillah, I do think many families are moving away from this now, but it's still a very, very big prevalent issue. Now, in relation to why I'm talking about this is because in Islam we were told to abolish basically we were told to abolish this system we were told that this type of stuff should not be mattering to you guys why because our identity is Muslim our identity that we choose to take on is Muslim now is you know what's really funny about this as well is you know when you sometimes ask some people oh what are you or like you know let's say what what's your ethnicity or what's your caste or whatever and they say I'm a Muslim they get ridiculed, they get laughed at, they get told, oh my god, you're being so, you know, um, you're you're getting so technical about it, oh, he's embarrassed, or she's embarrassed about, you know, what kind of caste he is, or they don't like their ethnicity, they're from a lowly kind of caste, how about you look at yourself and think, hang on, why is this question so important to me in the first place? What has that person's caste got to even do with the way that I'm going to treat them? Now, back in the days in Pakistan as well, if you have a high caste, in whatever village you were from, um, the people who are of a lower caste were expected to sit on the floor and you would be allowed to sit on chairs and stuff. And if you just sit down, just sit down and think about how problematic that is. Astaghfirullah, you're going to basically make someone sit on the floor because of their caste. That does not make sense to me. It just physically mind boggles me. Now, another thing that I was going to talk about was as well, um, 
I was basically going to say the fact that, you know, how I said um, this whole cast system, I said at the beginning that there's a reason why I'm not taking names or specific casts um, because, you know, I'm putting them like, oh, this one's a hierarchy, that one's a hierarchy because, you know, I said, you know, I might offend someone out there and also because I said I was going to get to it later on. So fun fact for you guys, when I first went to university and I met, you know, like some girls, um, who were also like um, Pakistani and they were talking about castes and stuff and they asked me what my cast was and I told them and the craziest thing is you're not going to believe this so from where I am from um, in Pakistan and like just the kind of community that we kind of surround ourselves in they think that our cast whatever cast it may be and obviously I'm not going to be talking about it because it literally does not mean anything to me it means nothing I could be of the lowest cast and I still would not give a damn so regardless of that the, where I'm from they thought of it as a very high cast oh it's a very respectful cast it's a very um you know respectable kind of like name to be associated with or oh, with the best with creme de la creme so anyways I tell these girls obviously we've all spoken about our cast I know their cast they know mine and I swear to god when I say wallahi this happened they looked at me and they looked at each other and I was like huh like what's going on here and they just kind of like were smirking and I was like what's wrong guys they literally looked at me they're like oh you know where we're from in Pakistan we all like look at you guys very lowly and I was like what I was like really and they were like yeah yeah like I mean I'm not saying it doesn't really matter or anything like that but yeah like you guys are like very like your cast is like very very low like really low from where we're from and therefore like we don't really like take you guys seriously we don't really consider you well and bearing in mind from Pakistan where I'm from I'm from like the Punjab area these lot like one girl was from Sindh one girl was from Kashmir and they both had the same view like there were sorry there were two girls from Kashmir there was one from Sindh and I can't remember the other one was from but they both like all three of those girls they had the same view now just actually understand that and process that for a second the reason why I told you the story was because if caste actually meant anything, it would be universal. Would it or would it not be universal? You would be able to say one word and everyone would have the same belief of it. Everyone would know what kind of place that fits on in the hierarchy. But in real life, what was actually happening right here, right now, depending on what area you're from, depending on what kind of people you associate from, that actually influences the cast that you have. So where I'm from, they thought, oh, that's such a good cast, we know, like elite. And then over there, in those two areas, not just one area, guys, I'm talking about these are districts. These are like certain areas. You know, like how you say Manchester is in Lancashire, like that. This is like the areas, okay? In two whole areas of Pakistan, they look at us like we're crumb. Like literally, we're just like crummy and, you know, we're lowly. And it just made me laugh. It did not offend me one bit, by the way. That never offended me at all. It made me laugh so much. And I was so curious. I was so curious and interested, you know, to see why it was that way. And that, at that point in my life as well, especially... That's, I never ever valued caste before that as well. But just at that point, it made me laugh so much because I thought to myself, how embarrassing is it that an entire nation, an entire ethnicity of people have based their whole existence upon this caste system that is not even universal, that does not even hold the same ground or the same respect in all areas. That does not make sense to me. Like, for example, we can sit here and say gold has a certain value. We can all agree on the fact that gold is valuable, it is high, it is a Elite. it's a good thing to invest in it's beautiful right we can all say that about gold but then imagine being in such a system where some of you think gold is amazing and then others of you like you literally see gold as copper or you literally see gold as aluminium 
that literally messes with my head and that's why I was saying to you I'm not going to say certain names in a hierarchy because even if I was to say oh such and such you know um cast is you know at the top of the hierarchy there are going to be some of you out there who just generally naturally by default are going to be like how on earth is she saying this because where I'm from that cast means nothing and that's just the way it is so um in relation to this um you know castes and you know tribalism and stuff like that it reminds me of a very important thing and it reminds me of the concept of superiority and inferiority we like to boast about what kind of caste we're from or rather I don't even want to use the word we because I will be honest to this day I have never ever said it used it and I can say that wholeheartedly alhamdulillah um but there are people out there who will die but they will not let go of their caste. And it is so sad. It is so, so, so sad to see because it's literally strangling you. It's suffocating you. You're literally basing your entire existence upon this man-made concept of caste. That is, like I said before, is not even universal. So you've literally based your entire happiness or sadness based upon this caste. Why am I saying that? You're going to be probably sitting here thinking, it's not that deep, chill, why are you going into it? The reason why I'm saying this is because we have literally seen people be ridiculed for the caste that they are in. And I mean this. I've heard certain specific words being said to people based on their caste. And just now I was about to say one, but I realised I literally cannot because if there are people listening out there, they'll be incredibly offended. Or they may see that as a very high caste. Do you know what I'm saying? So it literally, it doesn't even make sense for me to even say the names or the words of the castes. Um, and, you know, they'll be like, oh my God, they are that way, aren't they? Because they're such a such. Oh yeah, like that's the type of thing that such such people do. And when I say such such, they're referring to their caste. So they basically they also formulate these entire opinions and try to justify people's behaviours based on their caste. Hear me out on this one. I think that's so wrong. And the reason why I think it is because I know it's wrong. Why is it that if there was such thing as such an elite, amazing, respectful caste, absolutely beautiful, amazing, why does that very same caste have some of the worst people in the world in there? So what I'm saying by that is if your caste was so important and it was so necessary and vital for you to function as a human being and to basically decide the traits and the characteristics and the behaviors that you're going to be having as a human being why would every why would everyone in that same cast not be perfect why is it that in that community of those people that have that particular cast there are some of the most awful awful human beings in there you've got murderers you've got you know thieves you've got um you've got people who literally commit you know adultery stuff like you've got people who rape you've got you've got all these type of different people who belong to that caste and you're sitting here telling me oh yeah we're better than everyone else because we're such such caste okay but if that then defines and determines your behavior and your characteristics why are the same people who are of your caste not doing as good as you then why are they the way they are why did they turn out that way and the reason for that is because we should not be defined by our caste. We should not be defined by the caste that we were basically born into. It does not exist. How many times do people have to understand this? It does not exist. The reason why the concept of Islam back in the Prophet, the times of the Prophet Muhammad was so strong was the concept of unity. The fact that all Muslims relentlessly, willingly, they wouldn't even stop for a second. They would unite in an instant. 
Nowadays, we've got Muslims who would probably even pretend like they're not Muslim. Astaghfirullah, they would probably pretend like they're not Muslim just to get what they want. And I had a story about this a long time ago, and I'm not going to say names, I'm not even going to say areas, nothing like that. But we had heard of a family um, who was basically, um, well, they basically, I think they were living in Pakistan, they'd had their children in Pakistan or something, and they came to England that way, or either they went to a different country and then came to England, I'm not sure. But for them to come to, oh, no, actually, I remember it. So they were from Pakistan, and they came to England so you know everyone's like oh so how did you do it you know what type of visa did you apply for they were like oh we're asylum seekers and they were like oh right okay so how did you guys get in here like what did you guys say on the papers so they were like oh bearing in mind the lady was literally wearing a hijab as she's talking to these people she's literally like wearing hijab this is a very big story that we heard of so she's literally like trying to explain herself and she's like basically we told them that we're Christian um literally just as I'm saying this now I'm just actually deeping how bad this is she was like we told them that we're Christian you know we're Christian we're living in a Muslim you know country and we're getting persecuted for that we can't live here anymore it's not safe for you know our children to be raised in there and stuff like that it's just not safe for us you know we're getting persecuted because of it so you know we need to seek asylum and you know the UK was you know the only country we could think of first and yeah so we're here as asylum seekers and when I tell you everyone's jaws dropped like they were all like after they were telling everyone this story they were just like you did what and they were like, yeah, you know, we've just always, you know, don't get me wrong, we weren't getting persecuted. I think we're literally Muslim. We're born and bred Muslim. I'll never, you know, deny that. But uh, we wanted to come to the UK. You know, we've been trying for years to come over to this country. We've never been able to. My, you know, my husband is having a hard time coming over. We want our children to be raised better. And I thought to myself, astaghfirullah, the way you brought your children into this country was literally by making them lie about their faith, by making them lie about the one true thing that they should be holding on to because we were told as well that there was the prophet muhammad said that in a hadith in an authentic hadith he said that there will come a time where holding on to your deen will be like holding on to like a, a coal like a coal on fire literally it'll be like that like you will be dying to get rid of it it'll be so impossible to hold on to the straight true path to the deen it'll literally be like trying to hold on to a coal that is on fire and if this is not an example of that guys I truly do not know what could be. These people literally were like, yeah, so we told them that we're Christian and, you know, they do come over to check on stuff like that and then, you know, I don't wear my hijab and everything and I have to, like, hide all the Islamic stuff in my house. But, yeah, it's fine because we've got, you know, asylum now and then in a few years' time we'll probably be permanent or whatever. I don't even know how it works. And everyone was like, but do you understand what you've done? You've literally sold your iman to come to this country and just think about that for a second you've got people who are literally denying the fact that they're even muslim just to come to a different country so in a time where the prophet muhammad sallallahu told us that the only thing that matters about us is the fact that we are muslim nothing else the color of your skin does not matter the way you talk the way the language you use the accent you have it does not matter this whole random stuff about tribalism and colorism even and 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 caste systems it does not matter because at the end of the day when you go into your grave okay what are the first three questions that they're going to be asking you who is your lord Richie, the first question you're going to be asked about is who is your Lord? You're going to be asked about your deen. You're going to be asked about how much salah you prayed. You're going to be asked if you know who the Prophet Muhammad is. You're going to be asked about your sins and your good deeds. 
Wait, but did you guys get a different revelation from Allah? Did you, did he write you a different letter? Did that letter somehow get lost in the post? Were we not sent the same one? Because the last time I checked for you guys, for some reason, you think that, oh, when I go to the grave, Allah's going to ask me about my cast and I'm going to be the best of the best. Yeah, guys, like I'm going to be at the top. No one could touch me then. I'll get into the seventh heaven because I am such a such cast. No, I didn't think you did. I really don't think you got that letter. But if you did, please do show us because we must have gone wrong somewhere. It absolutely infuriates me when people talk about caste as if it even matters. For you to be sitting there and gloating about the caste you're from or for you to be putting other people down about the caste that they're from, look at yourself and think to yourself, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why is that mattering to me? How is it having such a hold on me? There are people who never, ever got to marry the people that they wanted just because they were a different caste. Deep that for a second. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that marriage is supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be so easy, right? But today's kind of generation, the culture that we be in, it's made it so difficult. There are people out there who are struggling to get married because sadly to say they may be from a low caste, and no one will accept them. No one will give them their daughter. No one will let them get married to their daughters. No one will take their daughter into their family. Or no one will let their sons come in the family. Just absolutely comprehend that for a second and think how scary that is. We live in a time in a society where your caste or the colour of your skin affects how you're going to be treated by everyone else and you know you want to sit here and you want to say oh the slavery movement we did so well we abolished that oh we let people of different color come into our countries oh we did no it's not changed because even today you guys still are racist about people even today you say so many scary things that will literally destroy people's lives and I'm sorry if I'm getting very heated about this because I know I am. You guys are probably like listening with your headphones in your heads, in your heads, in your ears. And you're thinking, okay, girl, Kainat, you need to, you know, you need to tune it down a bit. Come on, Kainat, this is a bit too much. But guys, I'm being honest with you. No matter how many times we talk about this, no matter how many times we raise awareness about it, I'm sorry to say, it's never going to get better. And you know, the saddest thing about this is, we like to talk about the Prophet Muhammad a lot. We like to talk about the deen a lot. We also forget what he said in the last sermon. In the last sermon, the Prophet told us to take care of the women. To take care of the women, okay? And number two was the fact that an Arab is not superior over a non-Arab. And a non-Arab is not superior over an Arab. A white is not superior over a black. And a black is not superior over a white. We're all equal. So tell me how, despite that, these people still managed to devise an entire system based on caste to differentiate you guys once again, to make barriers once again, to place boundaries once again. Were we not told to unite as Muslims? Were we not told to throw away these problems, these issues that our ancestors went through, that our forefathers went through? We were told to leave their ways. We were told not to follow in their footsteps if they did wrong. Yet here we are in a society today where people are still holding onto it so bad. And you know what's really sad about this is it comes from, like I said, an, an issue of superiority. Like you think I'm better, I'm elite. Oh, why would I ever associate with those people? Or rather, you know, when it comes to marriage, I'm never going to let them in my family. Let's laugh and, you know, play with them and have a good time with them. But the minute they bring up the topic of marriage or the minute they bring up the topic of, hey, I would like to, you know, get married to your daughter or, hey, I want to marry that boy. 
nope, we're better than them, or nope, they're not good enough for us, how dare you, never again, nope. Laugh with them, but when it comes to these matters, don't let them in. And just think about that for a second. Do you know what that reminds me of? I was listening to a podcast just recently and guys, when I tell you they put it to a T, when I tell you they put it to a T and I listen, I'm not going to gatekeep, okay? It's called Talk Yahak and I listened to it very recently. I think that's what kind of triggered me to talk about this topic again and I forgot the name of the episode but it was to do with literally culturalism. Uh, sorry, tribalism and caste. And because they are of African descent, they have a lot of tribalism in their kind of like society, whereas we have a lot of caste system in our society, um, you know, in the Desi communities. So um, they were basically talking about how um, the concept of the fact that you think you're superior over other people in relation to your tribe or your caste. If you are basically differentiating people based on your caste or your tribe, you think you're superior right yeah am I right yes or no yeah I thought I was I'm joking <laughs> that was a bit harsh uh no but in, in reality the reason why you don't want to be mingling with other castes or you feel the need to differentiate on them is because you want to stand out from the car- crowd or rather you want to make sure that it's established that hey I'm better than you because I belong to such such caste right that's why this caste system was created um so the fact that you are bringing superiority into this now there was a person or rather not even a person an entity from a very, very long time ago that did the very same thing. And we saw the repercussions of that. So when Iblis was told to bow down to Adam Islam in Jannah, do you remember this, guys? And he was told to bow down. Now, we all know that Iblis, for those of you who don't know, that Shaitan, you guys may call him Satan, the devil, he was actually an angel. And, you know, he was still made of fire, but he was an angel and he resided in the heavens. And, you know, he was with the angels. He was a good person. And so when Adam Islam was created from clay, um, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told all of the angels to bow down to Adam Islam. And all of them did except one, which was Iblis. And when Allah asked him, like, why are you not bowing down? He thought, how can I bow? down he literally was like oh Allah you're asking me to bow down to him I am better than him I was created of fire he's created of clay you want me to bow down to him what do you think like is this is this happening right now I am superior than him I'm the better one I was created from fire and he's clay he's nothing and you're telling me to bow down to him and for that one act that one refusal of a sujood to Adam al-Islam he got kicked out of heaven and to this day, he's one of our worst enemies. To this day, we have to fight with him. We have He has such a control over our nafs. He literally wants to lead the entire Muslim population off the path. This one act got him out of Jannah, right? Because he wanted to bring superiority into the equation. He wanted to bring this concept of I am better than you because I was created differently from you into the equation. And because of that, he ruined everything and he got kicked out. And to this day, he is the worst, the worst of people. And Allah showed us the effect of that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us if you're going to be superior Someone else is superior before you. Someone else tried to do the exact same thing as you. And here's what happened to him. He got kicked out. He was one of my most beloved. He was the angels. He was so pure and so innocent and so good. Yet he got kicked out because he refused to bow down. Now here is what we talk about. When you look at people from a lowly manner, when you're looking at people like, oh yeah, I don't really think we should mix. I don't really think like, you know, we're supposed to be um, associating with the, you know, with those people. And this goes for everything, guys. This doesn't just go for caste. It goes for race. If you think like, oh my God, yeah, I shouldn't really be associating with that type of person because they're a different color than me. Or she's darker, he's lighter, not for me. 
really you need to have a reality check i swear down you need to have a reality check please open the quran please open the quran it was literally told to us that adam Islam was made from dark clay i mean look around you you do believe that we were all created from adam and Hua, right we were all created from adam and eve can we all agree on that fact yes we were all created from adam and eve so how on earth are you turning around and being racist when your own fellow brothers and sisters in Islam are of a different colour than you? You think that just because they're of a different ethnicity or they're a different colour to you, they were not from the same forefathers as you. We can all agree with the fact that Adam salam, and Eve were our forefathers. They were the literally the father and the mother of Islam type of thing. They literally gave birth to so many people after and that literally created the entire ummah, right? And yet here you are sitting thinking I'm better than them because I'm not their colour. They're worse than me because they're my, not my colour. Do you understand that? And like I said, I do feel like I'm ranting and I do feel like I'm going off about this. But to me personally, this is one of the biggest, biggest issues that I can talk about all day and every single day. How are you sitting there? I just seriously, I cannot comprehend it. I can't comprehend it. Even when you make little jokes, even if you make jokes about colour or jokes about different ethnicities or you you think that, you know, oh no, like, okay, hear me out. Everybody has a preference. We all get that, okay? Everyone has a preference. Instead of telling me why you don't think um, all such and such, such and such is okay. I don't like this ethnicity. I don't like that ethnicity. Like, come on, we just asked you, what's your preference? You can just say, I like these type of girls or I like that type of boys. Like, it's fine. You don't need to be telling about all the boys and girls that you don't like because of their colour, literally. Um, it's so funny because a friend of mine was actually telling me recently about this, that there was this like story that she heard where, you know, this guy, he was asked about his preference in girls. And he's like, oh my God, yeah, um, I don't really like Somali girls. Like, no way. Um, or I just personally, I'm not a fan of white girls. I just don't like Chinese girls. And they were literally like, bro, did we not ask you what your preference was? Could you not have just said Asian? Like you literally are saying that you like Asian girls, but instead of you having to say that, you had to cuss each and every single other colour out there before you got to that one. And that's what I don't understand. I don't understand that. You're okay and allowed to have your own preferences, but please, for the love of God, don't sit there and tell us that, oh, it's wrong to be with a different colour or it's wrong to treat other people right or it's wrong not to consider race and caste and tribes into the question when it comes to this type of stuff. Because if anything, you're wrong you are wrong because you are differentiating you are separating the ummah you are the one who are thinking that you are superior you are going against the final sermon of the prophet muhammad the very same sermon that our prophet cried in he cried because he knew what was coming the very same prophet muhammad who was such a good friend of Bilal anhu, who used to be a slave, who was a black slave. And after the death of the Prophet Muhammad he had to leave Medina. He left Medina and he left that area. And when they asked him, why are you leaving Bilal? He said, I can't anymore. Because every single part of this place reminds me of my beloved Prophet Muhammad and it pains me too much. And I have to leave this area now. Because if I stay here anymore, I can't. It's hurting me. He had that much love for the Prophet. And you're telling me that you're going to differentiate people based on the colour of their skin? Are you hearing yourself right now? Are you actually listening to yourself? It does not make sense to me. 
It doesn't even have to be skin color. It, the casting, back to the casting. We're talking about that again. You know, it's the same thing. And you guys, like, I know for a fact that the people who listen to this, the people who I have, like, on, you know, who follow me on Instagram and stuff like that, the, the, the family that we've created through the podcast, through the socials, everything, the word affairs family that we've got going on right now, I know for the for a fact the majority of you don't believe this. And I know that. I know for a fact that the majority of you, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'd say definitely like 95, 97% even. I don't even know. Maybe I'd even go as far to say as 100%. All of you, like the majority of you, you don't think in this way. And I would like to believe that it stays that way. And I would like to believe that one day, inshallah, you have children and you instill the very same mannerisms into your children. Because... If God forbid, if you really are trying to separate every other Muslim out there based on the colour of their skin, you've really come to a dark time. You really have. And it's not fair. It's not fair on yourself. It's not fair on the people around you. And it's not fair on... It's not even fair on the creator. Think about it for a second. Think about that. That's just another point. For you to look at someone's, you know, colour, the skin on their colour, or not even just, yeah, the colour, like the race and relation, but even like, you know, colorism in the sense of like darkness and lightness and fairness, for you to be like, oh, that's so gross. Oh my God. Oh, she's so dark. I don't want her to marry my son. Oh my God. He's so light. He literally looks bleached. Like for you to be saying that, you're literally directly accusing the creator of not being able to perfect his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew what he was doing guys he literally says in a hadith that we were supposed to we are supposed to go out and meet these other tribes we're supposed to go and meet these other nations nations are supposed to mix we are supposed to know one one another and know each other and a girl that I remember talking to a very very long time ago I'd say it was even about 17 at this time and she was talking about this this very same hadith and she was saying how in the classes that she was attending the Islamic classes the way that they were uh, basically analyzing the hadith because you can't just you know when you talk about hadith it's not just one single statement you can do a lot of interpretation and explanations of those hadiths pages long and in one of the classes that she went to they talked about this hadith and they said that when the prophet muhammad وسلم, said that you know we're supposed to know one another through tribes um and you know we're supposed to get to know each other one of the ways of getting to know another nation is marrying into them you marry into them you keep good ties and stuff like that so how on earth are you sat here saying no it's not okay who are you to say it's not okay when the prophet muhammad did it himself he married women of different ethnicities the salafs did the salafs literally married of different ethnicities one of the wives of the prophet muhammad in fact was his cousin and before she was married to him she was actually married to another man and his name was Zaid. And Zaid was a black slave. He used to be a black slave, sorry. So sorry, he used to be a slave. Um he didn't change his skin colour. But um he got them two married. And at first she was a bit hesitant. She was like, I don't know, like he used to be a slave. Nothing to do with race. And, you know, eventually they got married and they were fine, you know, they were okay. But the marriage just did not last. It did not last. And she always had wanted to marry the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Eventually, you know, the you know, proposal came through and she was on a camel and um when you know some came to tell her um that you know you're gonna you know the proposals come through to you uh, from the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. she got off the camel and she thanked allah and then she said i witness and i say that everything on this camel and including the camel is for the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. that's how grateful she was to marry the prophet but the point of the story is that the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam had actually tied her relationship with that ex-slave 
with Zaid before his own. So he had got them to married. And they were fine. They were okay. They got married, you know. Um, I actually can't remember why they divorced, but they just did divorce. And um, the point is that the Prophet literally was going around promoting this and he did it himself. So how are you sitting here being like, it's not okay? Do you know what I mean? I feel like personally, I have said a lot in this episode. I mean, it's literally on the 50th minute now. But um, I really, really hope that that's been a very good... I feel like this has been a very thought-provoking conversation, guys, and I feel like we can have a lot of conversations surrounding it. So what I would like to say is if you guys listen to this episode and you have any thoughts, any corrections you want to make, because, you know, I can always be wrong. Um, If you did receive a letter from Allah saying um, that you're better than everyone else because you're cast or, you know, because of your tribe, please do forward me that letter, guys. Email it to me or... Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, I'm joking. Obviously, I'm I'm joking. Please don't take that seriously. But yeah, no, still my DMs are open. Please just message me, and we can have a chat about this. Because uh, I would love to know your lots of opinions. I would genuinely love to know your lots of opinions. And in fact, I might even put up a poll on by the end of like next week, maybe inshallah, just seeing what you guys thought of this week's episode. But anyways, um, I hope you all enjoyed that. Because now we are moving on to the Reddit segment. I hope you all enjoy it a lot. Because I found some two cheesy, very nice ones. Guys, you know, just for the record, I actually have no idea how to use Reddit. Like, not at all. I literally go on it every Friday. Sorry, not even every Friday, but like, not Thursday I'm recording. To find some good juicy Reddit threads and then, you know, talk to you guys about it. But other than that, I don't go on the app. So, I just clicked something. I don't know how, but I clicked like the account or something and it's told me my Reddit age. And my Reddit age is 106 days. <laughs> so I think that's actually quite small compared to other people but it also just goes to show how it's been 106 days essentially when we first ever really kind of brought this concept onto the podcast so how crazy is that because that's like literally 100 days that's a lot of days you know but anyways um so the first one is am I the idiot for not doing anything after discovering that my wife deleted my daughter's novel I have been married to my wife, Hannah, who's 36, for two years. She and my daughter, Morgan, who's 16, don't have a daughter-mother relationship. To be completely transparent here, they both fight often and just don't get along. Morgan used to spend most of her time at her mum's, but now is staying with us for school. I remember Hannah telling me about a novel Morgan had been writing on her laptop. She admitted to sneaking and looking at it without Morgan's knowledge, but she praised her writing style and storytelling, so I thought that was a positive thing. Yesterday I got back home and found Morgan and her mum yelling at Hannah. I asked what was happening and Morgan told me that Hannah deleted her novel. Hannah said that Morgan created a character in the novel using her description and a name and making her the villain. Not only that, but she wrote bad words about her. Morgan argued that it was just a character and Hannah had no business snooping on her laptop to begin with. Hannah broke down crying after my ex-wife threatened her. I just watched the three of them fight and did nothing, not say a, or nor say a single word. I stepped out for a minute to get fresh air and moments later, Hannah unloaded on me about how I should have defended her in the argument instead of acting so cowardly. Morgan and her mum also said that I should have done something when Hannah decided to snoop, then delete Morgan's month's worth of work. It just became too much with the three of them berating me and yelling in my face. Morgan went home with her mum and she was crying and refused to speak to me and Hannah checked into a hotel, also refusing to speak to me. The texts from both sides kept coming in, both telling me I should have done something and should have took their side in their argument. I just had to stay out of this one. I was on my feet the entire week working. Both mental and physical health are down the drain and I'm tired of them fighting all the time, then blaming me for the, my actions or lack of. Both are expecting me to get involved and do something to fix this, but I haven't done anything yet. 
am I the idiot for not getting involved? So I personally think that, hmm, I'm not entirely sure to be honest with you because I personally think that, right, so first and foremost, there's a sense of privacy, okay? I, I think we can all agree on this. There's a sense of privacy. And it's not like Hannah's, um, sorry, it was not like Morgan, the girl. It was not like her mum was the one who was sleeping around and doing the deleting. It was rather her stepmom. And obviously they've clearly never had a very good relationship. But what kind of like, kind of makes me strange, and this is what I don't understand. So Hannah, who's obviously the, you know, the second wife, she was snooping around and she told, you know, her husband, oh my God, Morgan's writing a novel. I'm assuming it's American. So it'd be like, oh my God, you know, Morgan is writing a novel and her like writing style is super amazing. And, you know, basically she was praising it, right? So if you're praising it at first and you're telling, you know, him, oh my God, it's such a good novel. It's so good. I'm pretty sure from the last time I can recall from whenever I was reading books, which um I always do, they very very oftenly mention the villain quite early on in the story and the reason why they do that is to set the scene so in terms of whoever the antagonist was whether or not it was you know hannah the ex-wife she would have known about that at the beginning when she told him now okay maybe we're jumping you know to conclusions maybe she didn't read that far she only read a little bit but if you've read enough to gauge like the sense of you know how her writing style is I personally would have thought that you would have wrote you know you would have written quite sorry you would have read quite a bit but clearly now all of a sudden she's gone and deleted it so I don't understand why you've gone and deleted it wouldn't you rather just have a conversation with you know with Morgan and maybe yell at her and scream at her and shout at her and then being like you know saying to your husband you need to back me up here because she's been writing bad about me but instead what she went and did was a total violation of privacy she literally deleted the entire thing which doesn't make sense because then if you do think that that's about you then does that mean that you've noticed the bad traits in you? Because clearly that's a villain, right? Then therefore they have bad traits. And if you feel like, oh my God, this villain, like he totally or she totally represents me. I don't understand. Like, did you did you actually think that you then possess those bad qualities? And if you did, why have you not done anything about them? I'm not really supporting Morgan here either because obviously if she has used her stepmother for inspiration then you never know I don't know if you know you could agree or disagree with that but I mean the last time I checked is it art imitating life or is it life imitating art you get me a lot of writers do this type of stuff you're influenced by your environment and clearly the environment is her stepmother I mean I can't really take sides on this one because I really truly don't really know what to say but I do personally if I had to blame faults I would definitely say the the second wife Hannah she is like 60% to blame and Morgan is 40% to blame also because you've got to look at the differences in their age Morgan's 16 years old like come on she's 16 of course she's going to base her characters around people she knows she is 16 and it was months worth of work and you've gone and deleted it so that's more immature of you like as a as a 36 year old woman that's more immature of you I personally think that the woman's okay no you know what I'm gonna pick a side yeah I think the woman's in the wrong and I'm not trying to I mean I do think Morgan should have thought twice before trying to resemble her set more but if she's saying it wasn't 
But then if she's saying that the characters do resemble her, but I mean, hear me out, Morgan's not the one who thought the characteristics resembled the stepmom. The stepmom's the one who thought that they resembled her. So I personally think the stepmom is the, the bad one. And the man personally, I don't think he's an idiot because obviously he was stuck in two boats and he was literally just being thrown it all in his face, not by two people, but by three people. So I don't think he's the idiot, but I do think genuinely, if I had to choose another idiot in the story, it would definitely be the stepmom. So I think that that's where she goes wrong. Okay, so the next one is, am I the idiot for taking my oldest son out of my will and putting in my niece? My wife, 53, thinks that I, 56, am disgusting for removing my eldest son, who is 30, from my will. For some background, my youngest sister was married to a black man and she had his child, my niece. My sister died during childbirth and her husband died from COVID shortly after. Her, sorry, my mother adopted her and now she does her best to raise her, but she's elderly and her health is deteriorating. My wife and I do our best to help out from time to time. My youngest son, A, so she, he's, he's said that his youngest son's A, and his wife are fond of her and help out as well. B's, so his second son, sorry, that's just my bedtime reminder if anyone heard that. <laughs> B's first interaction with her was awful He and called her the N-word with the hard R. And said we shouldn't be raising... Oh my God, I don't even think I can say that. Astaghfirullah, oh my God. Okay, so... Oh my God, this... I, okay, guys, this was not planned. I literally just picked this thread out. And it's so in relation to the, today's topic. But anyways, so his second son, uh, B. They're calling him B. Uh, B's first interaction with her was awful. And called her the N-word with the hard R. So I'm assuming, you know, ending it in R. And said we shouldn't be raising... Uh, I'm just going to say an animal beginning with the word M and ending in the word Y. Astaghfirullah, like I even feel bad just saying it. My mother screamed at him and banned him from her home and she said she didn't know how we raised a racist child and until he got his act together, he would never be allowed in the vicinity of her home. My wife said that we can't force our son to like the... <gasps> oh! My wife said that we can't force our son to... I'm saying in apostrophes, to like the blacks. Her words, not mine. Oh my God. Once I got home, I immediately asked him to move out until he can apologise to my niece. My wife threatened to divorce me and called an animal for abandoning our child. I screamed at her and said, he's 30 years old. It's long overdue for him to be out. I left and went to work with my youngest and told him what happened. He thinks I'm blowing the whole thing out of proportion and that only my mother was right to ban him from his house. When B, so the second son, asked to stay with A, the first son, he told him no and that he should apologise so he doesn't get left out of the will. B told my wife and she locked me out of the house. I am currently staying with my mother. Here's what I think. Here's where I think I might be the idiot. Oh, okay. I called the police on my son to make him leave and told my wife she was a B. <laughs> and not only a B, but a racist B. I have a will because I have heart disease and I wanted to have everything organised in case I die. Oh my God. I don't know what to say this is a lot to unpack so what i'm going to do instead is read out the replies to this so someone said so i'm gonna say it your son picked up his racist tendencies from your wife especially since how he still lives with you i would also go as far as saying your wife probably talks about your niece in a negative racist way when you're not at home if you're truly against racism and don't want to expose your niece to it i recommend divorcing your wife son was raised by you and your wife but adopted her values she's the biggest issue at hand 
Oh my God, someone is like literally, okay, there's another one who replied to that comment as well. Completely agree, my niece and nephew are mixed and I love them more than anything on the planet, so do my parents. My parents were born in the 50s with my dad living in a conservative Indiana. He was taught as a kid to flip off people who are not white and it's okay to use slurs. But guess what? As an adult, he knew it wasn't right and stopped it. It doesn't matter that he was raised this way. He learned on his own to not treat people that way. Well before 30 and his grandchildren are the light of his life. The son may have been taught by the mum, but as an adult, it's his, his responsibility to have an education and form his own viewpoints. He's just a crap person. Oh, wow. Um, there's another one here. This, my grandma grew up in a conservative, colorist house. Not black, but POC. She knows being racist is wrong and she admits that she is still a bit racist because she has a hard time not viewing white as the beauty standard. But she would never insult a black person. It's literally the lowest bar to not be crappy and people just love to limbo. Wow. So, okay. Um... I don't know what to say because, of course, I personally think his wife is the issue and his son is the issue. I don't think he's an idiot for the, like, beginning. But, okay, yeah, I don't... I mean, when he called the police and then tells the police in a rant that his wife is, like, a bee and she's a racist bee. <laughs> I think that's quite... I'm sorry, but I kind of found that funny only because of the way he dealt with the situation. But in terms of, like, he wants to kick his son out of his will, I don't think... I don't think he's doing anything wrong. And the reason why I'm saying this is because that boy is literally living at home so he can leech off his parents. He's not even a boy anymore. He's a man. He's 30 years old. So if you're 30 years old and you're still living at your parents' house, and I'm talking about this from the perspective of a Americanized kind of system where, you know, predominantly the children move out after 18 or for college. Um, so in that sense, he's literally like, um, you know, still living at home with his parents and he's now absolutely fuming and raging about the fact that he's going to be kicked out of the will that is quite insane because then that just goes to show that you were only ever motivated by money for your parents you're not upset about the fact that your dad is upset about at you you're not upset the fact that you know you've hurt your dad because you've hurt his niece and you know you should be apologizing for that and you know that's where you've gone wrong but rather he thinks he's gone wrong because now oh god i'm going to be kicked out of the will and it's just so sad because i I 100% agree with what that other person said about how he's got his racist tendencies from his mum. And it's not from him. The dad, I don't think the dad's done anything wrong. It's rather the wife. She's she's a horrible person, quite frankly, for teaching her child that. Um, I don't understand how people can embed racism into others and particularly their children. But what the other person said about him being an adult, he's 30 years old. He's had the opportunity to basically reach you know, maturity and reach adulthood and basically change his behaviour and, you know, unlearn the wrong things. Um, Because obviously it all happens. We've seen so many times where, you know, racist kind of environments and households change for the good. Um, Whereas over here, we've got someone who's, you know, absolutely blown it out of proportion. I personally think the wife had to the point where she's even kicked him out of the house. Um, I do definitely think, I mean, I don't even think I really need to talk about how bad this was. The fact that he's using slurs. I don't understand that. I don't understand how he's, he's so comfortable to be using slurs. I mean, clearly that's been happening in that environment before. And I think that's, that comes again from the other person saying something along the lines of like, I personally think your wife is, you know, very racist behind your back and she probably openly motivates this and persuades it. And hence, you know, persuades that negativity towards the niece as well when he's not there and they only don't say anything bad about her when when the, the husband's there, when the man's there. 
um, you know, because they know it's going to offend him because it's his niece. But rather, they don't want to see the, the the wrong in their actions. Like you shouldn't be saying that anyway because that's the color of someone's skin, and it has negative con- connotations and it's a slur. So um, <sighs> this is just disgusting. To be honest with you, it's so bad. Um, all we can say is may Allah guide them, but I get the feeling that they're not Muslim anyway, so probably doesn't work. Um, but anyways, I definitely think that the boy and the mother are the idiots. I don't know who's the bigger idiot actually. I actually don't know who's the bigger idiot. But anyways, um, I have, I have actually recorded such a long episode, guys. It's, it's a very long episode. I'm actually scared that no one's gonna listen to this now. Um, but no. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. I absolutely appreciate so so much. Um, please do drop me a follow on Instagram and TikTok, and um, check out the website, the Word Affairs, um, and send me a message just to say hello and that you listen to my podcast. That'd be great. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Take Take care, all the best. See you next week, inshallah.